here we are again, Mike Moore. Rarely have I ever felt this relaxed at the sound of a beat in a music tune. Like that great tune. I don't even know the name of it. But it's so great. Yeah, me neither. And that's the key to good radio. Being relaxed. Yeah, just being relaxed. Are you relaxed right now, Mike? Feeling pretty good, yeah. I'm feeling pretty relaxed. Can I just say that sometimes Theology on Mission podcast is like home for me. <laughs> um, what do you mean? It's like home for me. I feel very comfortable here. I've gotten used to you over the years. You know, you're much um, easier to talk to than Holesclaw. Oh, I appreciate that. Holesclaw can be like a piece of sandpaper sometimes. <laughs> what a, what? Jeff, if you're listening, you know I love you. But Moore, Moore's a little back and forth. He's, he's got it down. Uh, well, I think at this point, we've maybe done more episodes than you and Holesclaw. But just virtue of doing the same thing over and over again. Just don't leave me like, like Holesclaw left me. <laughs> Comes into my office one day and says, Dave, I've been working through some decisions oh come on <laughs> we miss you jeff we miss you buddy but uh, anyways uh today's topic is kind of uh on the subject of home mike right. moore ladies and gentlemen got published in christianity today last week yes it was a big deal you know for me it was a big deal i i don't publish a lot of stuff actually this is the first thing i ever tried to publish so, and it's a home run, in my opinion. Yeah, I appreciate that. I had a lot of good uh, feedback from people and two close friends who really worked on worked with me on the article. So, did you give them. them credit, Mike Moore? Did you just like let that slide? I can, I can call them out right now. Uh, give yeah, Adam Graber, um, who is an editor by trade, and our very own Marcus Tyler Ward, a student from Northern Seminary co-pastor so they both give me invaluable feedback and of course my wife so all right well m- well maybe all three of them can help me a little bit because uh this was uh some excellent work and uh a well-honed piece let's talk about it for a little bit folks the subject of uh of our uh podcast here today is the rise of the um the ums which is the title of mike moore's article found in christianity today march 29th which is already uh over a week ago now um tell us what the uh thesis is on the ums the ums yeah well the ums the idea for the ums kind of surfaced from a number of conversations i had starting with my neighbors um, I was talking with, <laughs> I just said, um, uh, okay, that's going to get old. Uh, I was, t- <laughs> I was, I was talking with a neighbor and he was discussing how he and his, his wife and their, and their kids were trying to get back into church, but they just couldn't figure a way back in and they wanted to be part of the church. And I just heard this repeated over and over again from friends, family members, from our students here, from our colleagues here. And after a little while, I just tried to find a some kind of language to give to give them. So you know, ums rhymes with nuns and duns. Yeah. So as opposed to the popular uh, topics of nuns mm-hmm. and duns, you're differentiating a whole nother group of people. Yeah. That are out there that are not finding their way back to church, but it's quite a quite for quite different reasons 
quite different motivations, quite different uh, postures towards yeah. Jesus and and their history in the church. Why don't you go into that? Yeah, bit? well, the, the nuns, you know, are they're not part of any religious group. The duns are done with the church, um, but the ums are a little different. Do Do you remember? I think it was like ten years ago. This is all over Twitter. It was people saying, "I love Jesus, but I hate the church." Yes, and I, and I'm sure you've heard that sentiment. Oh yes, many times. This group's a little different. They they love Jesus and they love the church, and they don't want to get rid of the church. They're actually quite uncomfortable with not being part of a congregation. Uh, so I they have a desire to return to yeah, the church. Yeah, they they, they want to be integrated in it, but they just they just don't know how, which is why you know. We, I use the moniker ums. Uh, so I described four different types. Uh, one of these types, actually, I stole from you in a conversation that we had. I was trying to like... I'm honored. I <laughs> uh, should be honored. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was trying to think of language, how, how to describe these folks. Uh, but the, the one type that you gave me language for was demotivated. Uh. Demotivated ums are... They're also disillusioned with the problems in the church. Uh, disoriented are those who have moved or who have had major life changed. Uh, discouraged is just the weight of grief and suffering that people are trying to work through. Um, and then disembodied is so many of us who haven't been able to gather in the flesh. Um, being disembodied did not work. Zoom church, do you remember Zoom church? Do I remember it? I think yeah. it's still going on for a lot of people. Yeah, I think it is too. Even though for all intents and purposes it it appears that COVID 19 is we've pushed it to another stage did zoom church work for you no work quote unquote yeah no why, why it didn't not? work it it didn't work in any number of fashions uh uh people got sick of it i'm sick of it people um um especially children did not feel particularly uh connected to yes. it yes and it uh, worked for i'd say a month <laughs> maybe two months. Uh, but for us being such uh, a community-based church, yeah, people who really thrived on knowing each other, connecting with, with each other in person, hmm. it, uh, no, it, the Zoom church failed. Yeah, I think it failed for, for us as well. So the, the way I kind of directed the converse, directed the article and, and kind of how I want to direct the conversation is, um, this question I ask, which this is this is in your wheelhouse. This is a Dave Fitch fastball down the middle. It's coming for you. Except I could never hit a fastball coming. It's down. a puck, just over the blue line, probably. Now you're talking just to the line. right of the goalkeeper. Oh yeah, yeah. You're just oh, yeah. right at the top, top of the circle. Top, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, so many of the ums have told me that Sunday centric church is not going to work for them. So the question I ask, um, what are Sunday-centered churches supposed to do? Or a better way to put this is, what's the church supposed to do if people are saying, I'm not going to join through a Sunday morning worship service? Yeah, like uh, I mean, maybe another way you're asking this same question or maybe posing it in light of your experience with other people is uh, we need a new entry point for yeah. church because the old entry point, and I think this, this is one of the points, one of the great points, there's several great points, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get a hold of it, by the way, uh, the, name, <clears throat> the name of the article is The Rise of the Ums. Unlike nuns and duns, 
many church-adjacent Christians. Did you write that title? I actually did not do that little blurb. That, that was I like well it. Written. I like it Many too. church-adjacent Christians want to return to a local body mm-hmm. of Christ, but they feel stuck. Uh, look for it in Christianity Today, March 29th. You can look it up on your Google <laughs> search engine today. Um, but yeah, we need a different entry point because yeah. obviously uh, uh, the Sunday morning gathering, there's something about it that uh, is, there's there's a, a big crossover, or what do I want to say? There's, there's it's a big a, barrier. There's a barrier. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Uh, what is that barrier now for the ums versus the nuns and duns, which have had it and yeah. um, walking away and are fed up mm-hmm. in some cases with the way church is performed and and there's certain parts of the Sunday morning thing that doesn't appeal to them at all. It seems almost hypocritical or power driven or whatever. What's there? What's the ums problem with Sunday morning as the entrance point to a church? Well, I think it's, you know, the way I, I outlined it, it's one of those four things. I, but I think it's or one of those four different types. I think it's a mix of external factors and internal factors. So some of those internal factors being grief and suffering or disillusionment with the church. Some of those external factors being um, mask mandates, vaccines, not knowing how to actually find if a church is meeting in, in person or meeting online. So I, th- I think it's a combination of a couple of those different things. And some of them are probably similar to nuns and duns. Um, duns, I would say more. But it's a, kind of the swirling chaos of external and internal factors that have surfaced over the last three years. Yeah. Yeah. What do you and, think it is? Um, I think that uh, a lot of ums, mm-hmm. not to be confused with duns or nuns. Mm-hmm. I think when they imagine going to a church service, yeah, they imagine all these off-putting social um, uh, interactions that are painful. Hmm. Uh, I have to enter a church building. I have to enter into a space with other Christians. I have people looking at me wondering, what am I doing here? I have to listen to a sermon. The worship, is the worship music I'm supposed to connect? Am I connecting? All this new stuff that you got to get used to when you haven't been to church in two and a half years and you have to find a church. And um, we are lacking a social connection between Sunday morning, most Sunday morning gatherings yeah. and those who are on the outside trying to find their way hmm. in. Hmm. It feels like there's a pretty big gap between what happens on a Sunday service and how you live out your everyday life. Is there's that, what... but there's also a, just a plain disconnect. Hmm. There's like, how do I how do I know somebody here? How hmm. do I know if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do? There's expectations here. Yeah. That never feels good. Right. I got people looking at me. Hmm. It's a bold, these days, it's a bold act of courage to go to a church, even if you are yeah. a, a convinced follower of Jesus Christ. Right, right. Well, I think that that's why I push this idea of um, home as a central driving theme through Scripture and as a way to kind of reimagine our ecclesiology. Um, I love it. Yeah, well... Uh, based on our previous conversation, I must have just soaked this up from you. <laughs> um, 
That's not what he said. That's not what he said, ladies and gentlemen. But what what I uh, what I want to unpack here is um, this biblical theme of home, which runs from Genesis through Revelation, can help us reinterpret the current social architecture of the church. Now, Dave, what does social architecture mean? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I started using those two words together to describe the ecclesiological problem of church engaging culture to describe uh, what I see as problems in most evangelical churches in regard to mission. Yeah. You know, most evangelical churches meet for worship and then send people out as individuals to go do things in other spheres of culture and they get absorbed. And before you know it, they've lost their Christian witness. That's what I called the social architecture of individualism and power and the way we engage culture. You're using it in a different way though. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I would love to write that article uh, as a, fo- <laughs> as a follow up. Uh, I mean, I, I I was using it in l- let's say the 1.0. Yours is 2.0. I I was using it to to describe the way that um, the way that space kind of encourages or discour- discourages a range of social practices, and if church is predominantly associated with a piece of property, then that's going to determine our social architecture of the congregation. Uh, so to lay a foundation for that, I just go through the ways that God's home is established all throughout scripture, yes. which is also God's presence, which you've done a lot of work on, but God's home moves from a plot in Genesis to property as the tabernacle. Notice these are all P's because I'm a good preacher. Uh, so it moves from plot to property to place the temple to the person of Jesus, right? J- Jesus says, uh, this is where heaven and earth are meeting. Destroy this temple. I'll raise it up. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden. So Jesus is the place of God, um, is the person that embodies the presence of God. And then when Jesus ascends and sends out the spirit on the disciples, it is now the people of God, uh, the church, with whom God makes his home. So home is this dominant narrative that we see driving this image of God's presence all throughout Scripture. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, because I think that's just, uh, first of all, the, the use of the P's is genius. Brilliant. It's perfect. Nicely done. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, before we get off on P's and how important it is to use P's in your yeah. Mind uh, your P's. Thoughts, uh, I agree so much with uh, what you're saying. Um and now comes uh, the moment here, okay, uh, when we have to talk about the how. Yeah, and yeah. you emphasize, and you actually talk out of your own experience of meeting around a table in a home. Yes, yeah, and I'll say I, I'm I'm not like really super satisfied with with what I wrote on the how, but that's probably because I think because it's just a hard thing to navigate. If you're not connected to a church, you have to have a lot of gumption and energy to lead this in your own household and with your own family, with your own neighbors. But I will say this, the thing that has made it a little easier in this liminal season is uh, everything that we've done in terms of our social practices with other Christians has been centered on the home. So it's mostly around... um, a meal once a week. Uh, we have we have the nursing home on our block, which I've talked about 
quite a bit before. We have a collection of friends that gather to pray with us and to fast with us once a week. And all these things are oriented out of our household and connected to other households. And some of those people live on our block, some of them don't. But we've used home as uh, ground zero, the foundation for uh, imagining the Christian practices in this season. Yeah, and you said it's difficult, but you know, this is why I always say, I mean, I shouldn't say I always say, but I have often said, you got to start in your church and find the apostles, the drivers of yeah. uh, of people who can ask people and invite people and give them an imagination for being in their home around a table. Mm-hmm. And you're one of those guys yeah. or, or yeah. women. You're mm-hmm. not a woman, but you know, you, sure. you're apostles of both men and women. You yep. got to find them in your church. And here's where uh, you can start house gatherings, house home fellowships. Mm. And I think it is so important what you're talking about. My guess is if people just listen to you talk about your home and what you're doing, there's about, uh, considering we have five people that listen to this Mm -hmm. podcast, all five (laughs) of them want to go to your home right now. All right, come on They want to be part of your gathering right now. Come on And to to be honest, we have uh, a couple thousand people that listen to our podcast each time. Probably 1,500 of them want to come over to your house just listening to you. Okay, I have a question for you. You guys have a church building, but you also emphasize gathering in the homes. How do you navigate that tension between trying to get people into the household with each other, also having a Sunday morning worship service at a building? Yeah, yeah. Dude, this this is a huge, big deal. Um, because, frankly, uh, our church got disrupted uh, by COVID. Uh and, and, and frankly, when we started meeting again on Sundays, um, the question was, uh, were we, we, we were finding out all sorts of things about ourselves. Yeah. And the Sunday morning thing, I think at least, uh, was keeping us from addressing all the problems mm. with discipleship, with home groups. So uh, we are going into a reorg, and I think the intention is to figure out just how to do that. But I just want to put this out to everybody. Uh, there's all sorts of ways to do home groups, yeah. Um, but you got to come up with a way which works for you. And I already in- I already mentioned finding the apostles who can gather people, friends, people in church, neighbors into your home yeah. for the purpose of being together, eating a meal together, listening to one another, and then discerning life together under the Lordship of Christ, and then prayer. Uh, you need an apostle to do that, but you also have various things that you do. I was just, by the way, did I tell you, uh, Mike Moore, this I was book? at Fresh Expressions? Yes. And uh, they were they were sorting out home groups in two or three different ways. Yeah. Uh, Gannon Sims has a book. Gannon Sim Sims. Uh, sorry, did I call him Sim? Sims. Sorry, Gannon. It's Gannon Sims, and the book is Bringing Church Home, and it's got some really insightful understandings as to how to start a home group. It's published by Fresh Expressions. Because uh, Fresh Expressions pushes the, the dinner church idea. Is and that the right? dinner church. I was with a lot of dinner church yeah. people. They have a different liturgy. They have a different way of doing it. It's almost like gathering people in a church basement with, with a lot of people having a, a meal and then and then a, a Bible study and then prayer. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's got a different audience and a different way of approaching. Can't mm. go into it now. Maybe we can have a podcast about that sure. and have Verlin Fox 
Posner on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I was in San Antonio uh, four or five weeks ago at uh-huh. a couple of house groups. They have a different way to do it. What they did is they gathered, they prayed, they ate a meal, talked, and then they had a scripture reading, and then people shared and did hmm. lectio, not lectio divina, but a okay. kind of reflection on it, learning from it, and then prayer. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, there's all sorts of ways to do it. But the way you described, yeah. go over it one more time what you do. And I think we just need to help people understand that the church has always met in homes, that mm. the home church is flourishing in so many parts of the world. Mm-hmm. It's taking up root all over again in the United States through all the th- efforts we just yeah. mentioned. But everybody's got to find their own way of doing it. Yeah. You, you mean what do we do in our home? Yes. Go through um, it one more time. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we start with... Uh, a meal uh, where we normally catch up, um, but also where we're listening to listening to each other with intention. Then we kind of transition over to the living room. We read uh, scripture, and then we sit in that, and we we have one person ask a question. Um, but it, it's not just you know it's not how does this make you feel. It's a question that's directed from scripture, the text, and yeah. it, it, it's asking a leading question for us to examine our lives. And then we spend probably the last twenty minutes in prayer, just praying over each other. Um, but that's also wedded into a network of relationships with each other. We're not just seeing each other on on Monday. We're involved in each o- each other's lives throughout the week. Yeah, you guys do something similar, very similar. Yeah, very similar. And uh, maybe we can have a few more podcasts on that to come. All right, so it's the ums. And I really think, one last final summary uh, comment question. Mm -hmm. I really think the ums could be an opportunity for churches to regather for a renewal of the church in the United States. But it's not going to be a regather like we saw, say, in the 70s and 80s with the megachurch. Nope. It's going to be something different. Do you think the ums are maybe the harvest ground for a renewal of the hmm. church in America, hmm. I want your comment yeah. on that oh, one. Man, I would, more. I, I would hope so, because everybody I know who kind of self-identifies as an um, or the people I've talked to in the last week, they all have a deep, deep abiding love for Jesus, and they're serious about following Him and belonging to the church. Um, but they're, they're more or less, you know, fed up or tired or exhausted with the way that church has been done. Yeah. And I do think this is an opportunity for some, something new to, to spring up because these aren't people who are just done with the church. They're uh, just looking for a new way to, to be part of it. And chances are that's something new, according to your article, and mm-hmm. I'm on board with this, might start in home fellowships yes, gather in neighborhoods that might lead to a central gathering of yeah, some maybe. sort. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. But we start with the homes. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. that's that's about it for today's Theology on Mission podcast, The Alms. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, reading and talking to Mike more about that. Thanks, Mike, for writing it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so uh, as we bring the uh, podcast to a close, mm-hmm. just one thought. We need to get more people on, and we're stepping up our technology. At least that's what I heard from you recently. <laughs> we, got a new, we got a new computer. <laughs> And so uh, we would like to have more authors yeah. on this podcast. If you're an author, don't suggest authors because that creates too much 
extra in-between work trying yeah. to contact the author. If you are an author and you're listening to this podcast, you resonate with the theme of theology, engaging, mission, culture for Christ and his kingdom and mission, uh, whether whatever the issue might be, and you would like to come on our podcast, you can reach Mike Moore or myself uh, via the Northern Seminary yeah, website. E- email. You find us on Facebook, Twitter. And we'll get in touch with you, and we will make it happen. Yeah. Let's have a big amen on that. Amen. Um, uh, until then, until our next podcast, which should be on two weeks from today mm-hmm. or whenever, uh, it's over and out. Thanks for giving us reviews. Thanks for pumping up the podcast. Uh, we enjoy uh, all the feedback we get on whatever platform you might listen to us on. But for, for now, it's over and out. Thanks for listening, and, and we'll see you next time. It's Mike Moore and Dave Fitch. See you next time.